Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. I uh, talked to you a little before the show. I see you're uh, you're getting in the, the. I feel like a lot of people around me are doing what you're doing. You're so you're gonna you're cut out on the booze for a minute, working out. You're getting in the zone. Yeah, um, I'm not. Uh... You know, a lot of people do dry January, sober October, no nut November, whatever, you know, like uh, I just was on the road with Eddie and uh, too much, too much drinking, too much uh, bad road food eating. I mean, even, you know, you're bad eating when you're with Eddie and he's like, hey, we should probably stop at that Sonic. It's like sometimes I think Eddie would rather eat a gun than eat fast food. So, uh, just, you know, was in Florida beachy vibes was like, ah, not, not feeling as, as strong as I would like to. So just been, uh, just been on the grind, a lot of swimming, a lot of surfing, you know, I've never been a, a gym guy. Um, and there's only so much, uh, that I can do now. You know, I, I, I don't hoop it up anymore with the knee. Uh, so it's just swimming and surfing, but now I'm on like an aggressive, uh, grind and just, you know, changing the diet a little bit, limiting the booze. Cause the holiday season, you know how it goes. You're going to get, you're going to have, you're going to have wow. some drinks around the holidays and you're going to have lots of good food. Yeah. So I don't have Thanksgiving plans. Um, but I'm, I was like, Oh, you know, if I can just be really good until like that Christmas week where, you know, you're just going to sit around drinking, you know, hot toddies and Miller lights and, and whiskey neats and filling yourself with all kinds of desserts and candy and stuff like that. Uh, I told tug that the other day, cause tug brought me a beer when we were in golfing. He's like, I brought you a beer. Cause I'm always mad when we go to the golf course and the, there's no cart girl or the halfway house is closed and I can't get a beer. He's like, I brought you a beer. And I was like, well, I'm not drinking the money. He's like, I just don't even know who you are. He's like, wait until, tw- you know, just do dry January. You're like everybody else. I was like, yeah, getting an early start tug. Yeah. I think we use, we all, all of us, we use excuses. Like I'll wait till the new year. I'll wait till dry January. I'll wait till my birthday. I'll wait till after Thanksgiving. Right. It's like not to be preachy, but there's nothing stopping any of us from just doing it now. Yeah. And, and I've definitely been one of those guys as well who uses it as an excuse. I, I just know for me, I just, it's, it's the, the physical stuff, what, you know, how it shows in your body. That's just a nice benefit for me. It's all mental, right? Like if I exercise, so like my goal this year was to do hard cardio 45 minutes or more a day, 85% of the year, which is like 311 out of 365 days. Basically, it's like 25 and a half days a month that I want to go hard 
45 minutes a day and I've stuck to it. And I just noticed I feel better. You know what I'm saying? Like, like me not getting fatter and, and I've definitely eaten way worse here than I have in years. Coincidence. I'm in Cincinnati. I mean, I mean, not a coincidence, I should say, but my point is I just feel like it's kept me sane, right? The exercise, you, you just feel better. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't, I don't have any like goals like that. My thing's always just to like be better at the things that I'm doing. Like I surfing here, when you surf here, it's like you, you're kind of at the mercy of the waves and when they come. So it's like, Oh, when I'm not doing that, I gotta be like grinding in the pool so that when there are waves, you know, if we get a big winter storm, I want to be able to go out, no knee complaints, no, oh, I haven't surfed enough. So I can't, you know, it's too big and I'm tired and whatever. I just want to be able to like at the drop of a hat, go do the things I like to do. Can get back on the mountain this year? I don't want to have any like, no, oh, you know, I haven't snowboarded in two years. Am I going to be able to do it? It's like, just have strong legs before you even try. Yeah. I'd love to see, speaking of surfing, you know, you can obviously count your calories when you run or swim, I'd love to see what calories are burned when so if somebody surfs for like two hours. Yeah. I think it depends probably on, you know, how big are the waves, how many, you know, how often are they coming? Cause a lot of times you're just sitting out there, but it's been like fairly big here lately. And, you know, uh, not to give away too much, but like I, I live closer to El Porto now than I used to when I was in, Venice where it's a little heavier. So if it's like five, six feet here, sometimes getting out is like a workout. Sure. Like just to get out one time. It's like, you have to go hard and get out there. Yeah. Well, I, I decided to hit the treadmill late last night cause I was lazy during the day. And I now this is in your basement, correct? Yeah. It's in the laundry room. So I had, this is a good segue to talk a little football. I put on, the Sunday night game on my iPad and I, and I went like a, like a nothing crazy fast, like a six mile per hour for 60 minutes during the Sunday night game, the second half, which I thought was wrapped up when the chargers went up 17 points. I thought my four and a half point line was going to be good. Oh, not so fast. My friend, those sneaky Steelers once again, I had one of my uh, last night's uh, Sunday night game. I actually had a fairly good gambling weekend uh, overall. And then last night, just I just a money Sunday night. I get the Chargers money line, the Steelers with the points and the over. Just a trifecta. Yeah. Well, that fourth quarter, man. And then, and then the other one that I think I'm pretty sure I sometimes I forget everything I've said, but I'm almost positive. I said it on this show and I wrote it. I went so heavy on chiefs Cowboys under because everybody's like, this is the, this is that, this is that chiefs Rams game from a couple of years ago, 54, 51. I was like, mm, we'll see about that when it's so obviously an over game. That's when you ride the under. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's get let's start breaking these games down. Obviously, I started with the Sunday night game. Chargers offense looked great. Herbert, when he's in the zone, when he has time to throw, we see his running ability. 
I mean, that's the other thing with the Steelers. Like, guys, how long, how many, how, like the entire game, you're just going to go, you're just going to go man. And the second he drops back and he realizes no one's spying him, he's just going to take off for 15 yards the whole game. Yeah. You're not going to make any adjustment whatsoever. I know. He rushed for 90 yards. And Herbert's, Herbert's smart because he, know, he knows he knows to get down, too. Yeah, he's great at it. He didn't fight for those extra three or four yards. And when he did do that, it was all within. It was all very safely done. Like there was one play where he cut back and it wasn't like, oh, he cut back and some guy blindsides him. He looks, no one's there. He cuts back. He knows that at best somebody's going to tackle him from behind. Yeah. T- to me, the difference, like what shows is you have an experienced team, an experienced organization, an experienced coach on the Steelers side, right? As far as they come back, you, you never can count them out just because they've, they've done it long enough, right? And you have a young team like the Chargers with the young head coach, way too many penalties on the Chargers, way too many. I think they had 10 or 11 and they won, but you, you know, I, I debate this win. Like, is it good for Herbert to have to come from behind? And let's just call it what it is. A, a road game. The fans are rooting against him. It, it, is it? I wonder what benefits him or the team more, that they have to come back, win in the fourth quarter, or if they just trounce him. I think, I mean, I think it's just getting a win. I know you're saying it's a road game, but I think just getting a win at home is so important, you know, and there's going to be games for them. Certainly come playoff time, whatever, where it's like, you don't want to be blowing 17 point leads at home in the fourth quarter, but also that's not on the offense. You know, he need, he, he got the ball back late in the game. And he goes down, he immediately goes down and gets a score. Like, I think you just got a, a young football team that everybody sort of had higher hopes for than they've shown so far this year. But the name of the game is like, I don't think anybody thought the Chargers were going to win that division or be a one seed or be a two seed or have a home game. And I think the hopes were have a really good season, be in the mix, kind of try to pace the Chiefs, be in second. And you know, win a playoff game. And the first step is like getting in. They were on the cusp there for a minute. They're definitely, I would say, you know, the season overall has been, there's been a few disappointing losses, but I think you just got to get in and then show that you can win a game like that. I yeah. think that gives them confidence. Sure. I, I agree. I, I think, I mean, again, I, I know they were talking about Herbert last night, but I mean, he really is. It, it, it's crazy to think. Tua was picked ahead of him. Yeah. Oh, that's I, insane. It really is. And, uh, you know, from the Steelers, and I tweeted it out from Dirty Sports, it's like, here we are again. Another, the Steelers are not good. Like, like, like their defense is good enough. And obviously they were depleted last night with injuries and they don't have some of their great secondary and they don't have Watt. But man, I, I just do not want this team to make the playoffs. They're just—they're not fun to watch. I agree. I mean, I'm—I'm—it's not that I'm rooting against them. I don't really care one way or the other. But at the same time, it's just—they're not winning a playoff game. I'm they're not winning right a now. playoff game, and you know, you just kind of want it to be more. You just kind of want a more exciting team in there. Yeah, I—I I totally agree. 
and and obviously both conferences are so bunched up. This really is the most anything is possible season. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could say other years, and I feel like I said the same thing last year, but this year, like no upset would surprise me at this point. No, and it's it's been just been so unpredictable. You talked about the Chiefs Cowboys game. You know, it's a nineteen to nine game. The, the Chiefs have been winning on their defense. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, they found a defensive identity. Um, I know that people always point to it. It's like the coaching staff and whatever, when a team's not playing well, but like I've never, as a guy who, you know, gloriously had Super Bowl runs with uh, Spagnola, it's like, I never doubted that guy's ability to like have a game plan. And I think that they have enough talent to play good defense. They don't have like, tons of playmakers on a defense, but they have a couple. Uh, I think also when you talk about that defense, it's like, Hey, you gotta, it's all works as one. That's why I like the idea that through the year, you know, like like the, the idea chip Kelly comes to the NFL and is like time of possession doesn't matter. There's like defensive linemen. They're like, we promise you it does (laughs) like, please get us off the field through the first few weeks of the season. The chiefs were straight up just turning the ball over too much. And, you know, you can say, oh, the defense didn't stop anybody. It's like, can they get a break? Can they have not a short field? It's like it's a totally different defensive strategy when the other team gets the ball on your 35 as opposed to when they get it on their own 15. It's like you can do all kinds of different things. So it's all coming together. The offensive has found some rhythm. They've stopped turning the ball over as much. The defense has obviously started to put it together, which, by the way, if you look at the Spagnola defenses in the past, this isn't the first time either that it's taken them, you know, six, eight, 10 weeks to gel and suddenly get hot at the end of the season. And you're like, Oh, their defense is really good. Like this is something, you know, everybody's got to learn to play together and you know, it's all about chemistry. It's all about everybody knowing their job. I just think that they're defensively. I still think they lack in personnel a little bit, but all in all, you got to think with their offense, with their playmakers on the offense side of the ball, with a couple of the playmakers on the defense, that the Chiefs are always going to be a threat to literally anybody they play. Now, you texted me that the Cowboys are paper taggers. You're saying it's confirmed. Even yeah. in this crazy NFL, normally I would agree, but I feel like this unstable season where anything is possible. I, I, I don't I don't know who the paper tigers are. Like I, I would say that I would probably lean that way for them. It's just that they had that game, right? They had that opportunity there where they're playing a, a, a team that's hot. They're playing, you know, a team that in the last few years has made deep playoff runs, been in the last three straight AFC championships. It's like this could have been the signature win of the Cowboys season. And instead the everybody's everybody's claim of the best offense in football. Like Dak should be getting MVP votes. What did they do? They scored nine points. Yeah. The Cowboys kicked the shit out of the Falcons. Okay. Does anybody think the Falcons are good? 
They get their ass kicked by the Broncos. Does anybody think that the Broncos are fucking, you know, a, an amazing football team? They win a close one against the Vikings. They, the Patriots win for them. 35-29 over the Patriots. Is there single impressive win of the season? Yeah. Char- at Chargers 2017, that was week two. More of a disappointing Chargers showing than like, oh my God, that Cowboys offense. Otherwise, what do they do? They lose to the Bucks. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Giants. They beat the Patriots. That's the defining win. They beat the, um, you know, they, they beat the Vikings. It's like, this was their moment to be like, no, we are, are what our record is. Yeah, and that division is tightening up. Not that they're going to lose it, but the Eagles keep winning. Washington's won two in a row. Your Giants are going to be competitive. I'm not saying they're losing the division. I'm just saying none of these games are gimmies. Yeah. The, the NFC East is shaping up better than people thought. At least I think that. And... All these teams in these division battles are going to have to fight every week. And also, again, we have that. No one knows. Like, I can't state it enough. No one knows what this extra week brings. Right. It's 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 something we've never done before, so we don't know. This extra week just kind of throws a wrinkle into everything. I don't know if you heard, if you had a chance to watch any of the audio, or, or I'm sorry, listen, during the Bears uh, Ravens game with Romo and Nance, and they were talking about that. They were saying, oh, a lot of teams with good records, but Romo was like, I think there's a good chance you're going to have eight with, with the seventh team. I think you're going you're gonna to have an eight and nine team, maybe in both conferences, that makes the playoffs under 500. Yeah, and, and you know, going back to the Cowboys, it's like, listen, I know that the Eagles have a good win yesterday against the Saints. Um, and I, And I know, like you said, like, the Giants probably aren't in the mix because I think it's safe to say, although obviously I'll be rooting against it, that they lose tonight against the Bucks, And that kind of puts a nail in their coffin as far as, you know, the rest of the season goes, although they'll be in the, you know, they're, they could beat a Cowboys team. So could Washington. So could Philly like that, that division will have some funky games toward the end. But when you look at the Cowboys, I think they still win that division. I agree. They're, they're still two games up on an Eagles team that I still think is that played over their heads yesterday. Um, that being said, it's just when you look at that Cowboys team, they have inc- like incredible playmakers on both sides of the ball. But as a, as a team, like I just don't like you, you talk about them, their matchup against potential NFC playoff teams. I know this is like the wonky last few weeks, but like I'll take the Rams over them. I'll take the Bucks over them. I'll take the Packers over them. I'll take, you know, like who am I not thinking of? Like there's a lot of teams I would just straight up go like, I will absolutely take this team to beat them in a playoff game. Yeah. Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, the Rams. Right now, the other teams that are in the playoffs, New Orleans, Minnesota. Okay, maybe I don't love them against the Dallas team, but 
at, I, I have them as decidedly worse football team than Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Rams. That's just me. And I think that that if you come out there and you're riding everything on taking the ball away. Well, I, I'd agree and, with and, you said. And a high-powered offense, and you score nine points, then what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, I, I concur. I, I think all those teams are that much better. I think, obviously, they have a good shot against the Vikings and Saints, especially if they're hosting a home game, which it would be if the season ended today. Right. But I think if the season ended today, who would they be hosting a home game against? Minnesota. Okay. And that's a huge win for Minnesota. I mean, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is just, he's going beast mode the last two weeks. Yeah. That dude will catch anything. And feelings like now become like a afterthought and it's still really, really fucking good. Yeah. And to be honest, like, you know, I'm a Kirk Cousins, not hater. Again, truther. And you're, uh, you're a Kirk Cousins hater. No, I'm a Kirk Cousins truther. I I feel exactly about Kirk Cousins, how I should from his career. Other people might be Kirk Cousins slurpers for some God forsaken reason. But you look at that game. First of all, they almost blow that game, which they've blown a lot this year. But also, I mean, a couple of like, a couple real breaks on terrible cousins intercept. I mean, the one in the first half, he threw, he threw the ball. I don't know. As far as I can tell, he thought he played for the Packers for a minute. I mean, he threw the ball to a cutting Packers guy in stride. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, eight seconds after that, a guy touched him above the, the letters on his Jersey. So Dude, it doesn't count. Th- these, these, I saw a ton of them yesterday. These rough in the passer calls. It's ridiculous. These taunting calls. Like, 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 like we, there's, these are such easy things to clean up in the sport. There's such small things that fuck up the whole game. They, it does. It does. These, these things ruin the games. These light touch, these, I'm, I'm just sick of it. I'm so sick of it. It's one thing to protect the quarterbacks. It's another thing when he, gets pushed and these guys act and they fall it, clean it up NFL and no but one then likes also it. from game to game like there I think it was a uh, in the Chiefs game uh, Mahomes gets smashed smushed in the face by a hand but they don't call it and it's like listen I hate these rules where you're going here's the deal you just can't hit a quarterback in the face at all unless you just kind of hit him in the face and then it's blah, blah, blah. Also, you can't hit guys low, but you can't hit them high. I, to me, the answer, and it'll never happen because like people just wouldn't accept it is like, let's turn down the penalties and also just turn back the clock on the equipment. Like put them in fucking leather helmets, put them in fucking soft ass shoulder pads. Look at look at rugby. Look at Aussie football. You're not getting cranium to chin because they can't do it. They're not protected. Yeah. They're, these guys are strapped with weapons. Yeah. And then they move at these high speeds, and then it's guys launching at each other, and we go, 
you can't launch at each other unless you're on offense. But then it's also, it's like, it's so fucking stupid. These subjective rules where defensive players are getting penalized because offensive players are lowering their head or it's just, it's just stupid. Just turn back yeah. to talking the equipment. And, and, and the taunting stuff is, is so, so bad. Uh, again, I want someone from the NFL to answer this question. You can't point like the Chiefs did yesterday. You can't point at someone as you're walking into the end zone. But if you go in the end zone and you do the in sync bye 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 dance in the other team's face, that's not taunting. Right. Makes no sense. Yeah, we've already been through taunting on the show and it's, it's I have a an call insane though. rule. I have a call real quick on play about it. If the call connects. Let me, let me try it again. What's up, boys? Stripper Dirtball Bryson here calling from ATL tonight. Um, I'm sure you might cover it on the show, and if you do, maybe play this call during the end, or if not, hell, we cover it now. Reading the quote from old Matt Nagy with Chicago Bears about the taunting celebrations and the flags, and he actually agrees with them. We need to teach them how to respect the game, have fun, but respect the game within the rules. So he's fine with these penalties. So I'm just curious. So we can have alcohol sponsors, gambling sponsors, while these kids watch the games. Like, hey, kids, fucking drink all you want, gamble your salaries away when you grow up. But God fucking forbid you point after getting a first down or celebrate after making a sack. So. That's the NFL for you, I guess. Don't fucking celebrate kids when you play football, but grow up and gamble your money away and drink while you fucking do it. Jesus fucking Christ. What a shit show. Stay dirty, boys. Now, he should be fired for what he does on the field, but this quote, I don't know if you saw this. I'm going to read it. What Matt Nagy said about this, it should be fired on the spot. He's talking about the taunting stuff. Matt Nagy said people watch and people want to see a little bit of respect and a little bit of doing things the right way. It doesn't mean you can't have fun, but there's young kids right now that are watching games. And what happens is you go to one of these sporting events and you might see imitation going on that's taking it over the top. I'm a firm believer in respect and just kids growing and watching. And we have a huge platform as leaders, players, and coaches. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. I don't have to go through everything. Literally, Sunday Night Football featured a two-time rapist. So shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Like, end of story. All I hear is good things about Ben Roethlisberger. He's a two-time rapist. And the NFL didn't really do shit about it. He didn't do it on the field, Andy, so no kids were watching. If kids had been in the Harvey's Hotel and Casino and Lake Tahoe, they would have, you know, maybe they'd be imitating what he did there. But they're not. On the field, though plays with respect the stupid thing is just like the you know you get into this fucking stupid area where it's like historically if a guy gets a first down he points so now if i'm a defensive player if i jump in the line of his finger is he now pointing at me and now it's a taunt it's like it's so fucking stupid that we're doing pointing and waving and whatever it's like I get in the NFL or in the NBA, I should say a couple of years ago and five years ago now or whatever, they, they made the throat slit like totally banned. Like you're not allowed to do 
I've murdered somebody anymore. Okay, that's reasonable. Okay, I understand a guy getting a first down shouldn't be able to take the football and hold it in its arms and and shoot it like it's a gun and then lay it down on the ground as if it just murdered the football. But you can't like fucking point it. You almost got me, but I got in the end zone. You can't point to a guy. It's fucking stupid. But honestly, we're just yelling at a wall that we're old man yelling at clouds. There's nobody who listens to the show who disagrees with this at this point. True. So, well, we, we've, we've done it like five straight episodes. Yeah, you're right. Well, let's just go to that game. I mean, I mean, that Bears game, you lose to Tyler Huntley. He drives down the field. Matt Nagy's terrible. He, he is. He is awful. Absolutely awful. The fact that the Bears lost that game to the Ravens is to, I don't know how he's not fired the minute that game ends. Well, if he wasn't fired for a million other things since then. That, that is an inexcusable loss. You let this guy drive down the field and score a touchdown on you. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. He's the new Adam Gase. He's the new Bill O'Brien where you're like, what has earned him? Sure. What has he done ever that earns him the right, the right to like just be bad and continue? Yeah. I mean, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm losing my damn mind with him as a coach. It, it's it's just, it's embarrassing to watch. The minute I see Lamar Jackson out of that game, I'm thinking, how can the Bears lose this game? Even with Justin Fields out. Because to be honest, uh, I don't think it's really much of a drop off at this point or and if it, any, but also at this point, Fields, if you're Fields a Bears fan, if you're a Bears fan, like you can't even root for losing. What do you do? You draft a, a another top five pick at quarterback for the third time in five years. And, and he sucks because Matt Nagy doesn't know how to coach. It's like, what are you even rooting for at this point? Yeah. Well, you know, who can top the bears? The Lions. Dude, this quarterback, do you know about this quarterback, Tim Boyle? No. Dude, this is wild how this guy got a start. This, this is the status of the Detroit Lions organization. And I thank shout out to Tyler Hawkins, our uh, our analytics dirt ball. And, and we're gonna go over some kicking analytics that he did for me because the kicking yesterday was atrocious. But he tipped me to that. He's like, dude, you got you to follow this guy. The fact that this guy's starting. This Boyle, like how this Tim Boyle guy is in the NFL, Joe, is, is one of the wildest takes. The Ringer did a whole article on it. They're like, how is this guy like in the NFL? Tim Boyle, he played three years at UConn. I'm not making this up right now. And one year at Eastern Kentucky. His three years at UConn, he threw one touchdown to 13 interceptions. What? <laughs> Let me repeat that. Tim Boyle's first three years of college were at UConn. He threw one touchdown pass to 13 interceptions. And then he goes to Eastern Michigan. He transfers there. Eastern then, Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. And then what happens? He throws 13 interceptions to 11 touchdowns. So in his college career between UConn and Eastern Kentucky, he threw 27 interceptions to 12 touchdowns. 
and somehow became Aaron Rodgers' backup. Like the Ringer article is making jokes. They're like, does he know? So does he have something on somebody? Like it's it's a pretty funny article because it's like, how is this guy in the NFL? Like, does he have something on Roger Goodell? The joke they wrote in the article is he Roger Goodell's illegitimate kid? Yeah. So then he somehow makes it to the NFL. I'm being an awful college quarterback at two small, awful programs. He's Aaron Rodgers' backup. Guys, remember, also remember, Kaepernick's out of the league because he sucks. Not because he was not because he was blackballed. Because he sucks. Dude, this is wild. Jared Goff goes down, and this is their quarterback. He had a one to 13 touchdown to interception ratio at UConn for three years. How is this guy in the NFL? And if you're a Lions fan and you hear that, I I mean, dude, at this point, I I will destroy the Bengals organization. The Detroit Lions, I mean, it's next level. Well, you know, it's funny because we, I I did that. I said that thing about how the Lions should walk out of their Thursday night game or their uh, Thanksgiving day game, right? And somebody put it on like the Detroit Lions subreddit. Official Reddit. Yeah, subreddit. Subreddit. And Lions fans, this is how abused and confused (laughs) Detroit Lions fans are. They're like, oh, now I got to buy a ticket to the game just to walk out? What does that prove? And then other people are like, I think the owners know that this team sucks. What are they supposed to do? First of all, first of all, I know the Lions are awful, but I'm assuming for one that they sell 60% of their tickets to season ticket holders. I mean, most NFL teams are almost entirely season ticket holders, season ticket holders. Sure. So first of all, you already own the tickets. Maybe don't try to sell them on Thanksgiving day just to fucking make a quick 20 bucks. Maybe take that opportunity to use your own tickets to go to the game and walk out. Also, this idea that Lions ownership knows they're bad. Well, the whole fucking world knows they're bad. The point is they've been bad for the entirety of the 50 years that the Ford family's owned them. What it accomplishes is being like, we are walking out right now and we're not coming back. We're not selling these. We're not buying these season tickets next year. Start a thing that says, Season ticket holders are going to walk out on Thursday. And when they walk out, that's it. We are leaving and we're not coming back. We are not renewing season tickets to this debacle. Sell the fucking team. Because in the end, that's all that matters. They need to fucking make money. Now they're going to make money on their TV deal. But you also need the NFL will do something. If the optics look bad. If no one's at these games. Yeah, exactly. And that's the optics. If the optics look bad. You need to walk out the idea of like, oh, I've got to pay to go. Yeah, you got to go pay to go one last time. You pay to go, you walk out, and you don't come back. And people just, you guys got to stop buying tickets to these games. You want to hear something crazy? I I don't know if it's crazy. But that's how abused they are, Andy. They're They're like, what am I supposed to do? I just got to keep going to these football games and hoping they figure it out. Yeah, like Jesus, the Detroit Lions subreddit is like a a, a fucking (laughs) 
it, it's like a collection of truly abused children. It is. There's like dad still loves me. He hits me because he loves me too much. No, it's it, I mean, I mean, look, dude, it's proven. It's the guy who's molested as a child becomes a child molester. Yeah, it's the gross circle. And the lions are molesting you. And then you're going to molest your kids by getting them to wear Detroit Lions gear. It's it's it, it's a sick cycle. It really is. But I'll say this as bad as Tim Boyle, because I had that game on as bad as he was. I don't know if Jared Goff's any better. And I'll tell you what, Baker Mayfield played just as bad, I could argue. Baker Mayfield should not be playing right now. He just shouldn't be playing. He's he shouldn't be playing until Odell comes back. When should he, when, what's, what's going on with Baker Mayfield? I was I told that Baker Mayfield had walked through to the other side and that this he has, was now living this, in. This has nothing to do with Odell for Happy me. Gilmore's happy place where it this, was just little people with pitchers of beer on tricycles. That does sound like a great happy place. I He's so injured. And I don't know if it's a combination of injuries, bad play. It's probably a combination. But it, in my opinion, like when he's scrambling, he could barely run yesterday. And, and, and this notion of like he's going to play through it is just stupid. If I'm the Browns, you got Case Keenum, who's a completely competent quarterback. He's already won a game this year. And the Browns still have a great D. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, they have playmakers. They have a defense that is going to keep them in games. You have two great running back. Kareem Hunt's been out for a while, but Nick Chubb played great yesterday. You have a great running game, which you're run-oriented. You got some playmakers. You have to play Case Keenum right now. And I think you have to play him again because here's the thing. The Cleveland Browns are not going to be the one seed in the AFC. They're not. They're not going to be the one seed in the AFC. They most likely, although they're in the mix for it, they're most likely not going to win their division. Okay? So at this point, you're on the outside looking in. You're the 10 seed. You need to move up a couple spots. The only chance that you have of doing of going on any sort of run is getting in, but then being healthy when you get in. Yes. This is something that, as a Giants fan, I know far too well, especially during the Tom Coughlin era. They would miss the playoffs half the years by a game, and they were sitting OCU Manura for five games in the middle of the year. They were sitting JPP for six games in the middle of the year. They were sitting guys who were like borderline playable, but then the years where they sat them and they still managed to get in, they all get healthy at the same time. And suddenly their pass rush is dominant and carries them to a championship and blah, 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 blah. You have to get in, but it's not, it's almost not even worth getting in. If you're just going to be hot, if you're just going to hobble in, if you're just going to limp into the playoffs. Don't even bother. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that game yesterday, when you're up 13 to nothing on the Lions, you you don't let them back in. And they did. And Baker Mayfield looked terrible. And I couldn't agree more. I think you got to sit him and see how it plays out with Case Keenum. Look, Baltimore is in control technically, but not really. Baltimore's up one game on Cincinnati. That's it. Right. And the Bengals crushed them in Baltimore. Steelers, we know what they are. We already talked about them. I, I agree. I don't think they win the division, but 
you got to let some guys rest. Now, Honestly, if I were them, I would have been sitting Baker Mayfield ever since Case Keenum played that game. Also saw if Case Keenum wanted to get Odell Beckham the ball, then decide if we were going to move him. But, you know, they, they picked their you're guy. Gonna, you're going to stand for Odell forever, aren't you? Aren't you? Uh, we'll see. Well, I talked about the Bengals. You got a call. Randy Ruther is turned. I got a call. You got a call. You got another call from Randy Ruther. I love that for me. I picked the Bengals this week. You did, but remember, you turned on the Bengals as far as. So Randy Ruther has some harsh words for you. Well, well, well. Randy Ruther here. Just calling to tell Joe Paranga. You ain't allowed back on the bandwagon, bud. Your ass is done. Even when we win the Super Bowl after that win over the Raiders, no doubt in our minds now. Can Randy Ruther get a who day? <laughs> Did you have a... <laughs> Randy Ruther's feeling good. Bengals win in Las Vegas. Uh, and they're six and four now. Well, first of all, I was on the Bengals bandwagon. Do you remember that? I got on after a loss to the Packers. I hopped on. I was all on. I hope they win a playoff game and Andy Ruther has to fucking whatever, blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is good teams, good NFL teams, like teams that can win an NFL playoff game. They didn't lose to the Jets. That was the end. I like, listen, when you lose to the Jets, the Titans have lost. Oh, well, that's interesting because the Titans have lost to the Jets and now also the Texans. Are you saying the Titans don't want a playoff game? Well, first of all, I've been I've been saying since he went down, I, I don't like the Titans winning a playoff game without Derrick Henry. But good good football teams don't lose to the New York Jets. Certainly not to the New York Jets with a guy making his first NFL start. Okay, uh, when when you lose to the Jets, I hop off your bandwagon. And I'm not interested in returning. <laughs> like I, 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 love, I love that you told me I'm not allowed back on the bandwagon. I'm not asking back on the bandwagon. <laughs> you got for the for the Bengals. You got Steelers at home next week. Five of the final seven are at home for Cincinnati. Steelers at home next week. Chargers at home. Niners at home. First of all, you got to win two of the three of those games. Yeah, they have to. At I home. agree. And I don't think they do. Then you got Broncos on the road. You should you should win that game, but do you win that game? Then you got Ravens at home. Good luck. Then you got Chiefs at home. <laughs> Good fucking luck. And then you got Browns on the road, which I mean, listen, the Browns and the bank like. I don't care where that I don't care where where in Ohio Browns Bengals is going to be played. I don't I don't consider it a home game. Okay, so let's so so I ask you. I mean, we're 10 games in a lot. A lot can happen. We already know that seven weeks. Yeah. Do the Bengals make the playoffs? You just you just went through their schedule. I'm going to say no. 
And here's why. Uh, right now, Buffalo's seven, and below them are Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. I think Indy gets in. Indy's playing well. And I hate Pittsburgh. I hate Pittsburgh. I fucking hate them. But I think if I had to bet down the stretch, Pittsburgh has played one less game than the Bengals. So basically, it's an even race from here on out. I'm just taking historically not the Bengals. Yeah, I, I agree. Or I should say historically the Steelers. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you something else then, because everyone's going to know. Now, Steelers have a tough schedule from here on out. Steelers have Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. That's tough. Maybe the Bengals make the playoffs, but either way, like, again, good football teams, and and I mean teams that can win an NFL playoff game, don't lose to the Jets. I'll ask you this then as a follow-up. Who wins? Because everyone knows my answer on this. Who wins a playoff game first? Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? The one in six picks from last year's draft. Well, I'm not loving the Chargers right now in terms of their ability to win a playoff game. But... I'll go, I'll go Herbert. If you're a Bengals fan, I can't say this enough. And I know I've said it so many times. You can't watch yesterday's game and feel good. Burrow limped off the field multiple times. He's now been sacked the second most times in the NFL. He is getting lit up. And he's awesome. That he's he, great. He's, he's awesome that he survives it. He's awesome he, that he I agree. plays well under that kind of pressure. You know. I've heard a lot of other, I've heard a lot of sh- shitty quarterback defenders or mediocre quarterback defenders be like, he's under pressure all day. It's like Joe Burrow's under pressure all day. Joe Burrow's really fucking good. Joe Burrow's getting murdered and he plays well. Kirk, you know, it's like, yeah, but when he's pressure. Well, that'll be a segue. We talk about quarterbacks under pressure and quarterback who who we maybe disagreed with on some of the pressure in his career, Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm ready to make a uh, – I'm ready to give a eulogy to his time in Seattle. And to be honest, Russell Wilson looks terrible. I'm just going to say it. You cannot only score 13. Like – when you're facing Colt McCoy at home and you score 13 points and one of them is a touchdown late in the fourth Colt quarter. Colt McCoy owns Russell Wilson at this point. <laughs> this is two straight year. Colt McCoy as a backup has beaten Russell Wilson. You got to blow up Seattle's team. And there, there's no excuses. You got Lockett. You got Metcalf. You got Everett. You got weapons, man. They just look bad. And Russell Wilson doesn't look good right now. The, the defense, they did what they gave up. The defense that, you know, defense not was Russell gonna, Wilson Was Russell Wilson a top five quarterback in the NFL for like more than three weeks? No, I, I look, I think Russell Wilson can get back. But I, but I will say this about Russell Wilson. For as much love as I've given him, you're, you're at that point in your career, man. This is year 10. 
You got your first major injury. This, this next season to me is a very make or break season for you and the top five status and all those things. It's all up in the air where he goes, what system he's under. Well, he's not a top five quarterback right now. We know that. Definitely not right now. He's also 10th year. Remember, he came out, you know, he's not, he's not Mr. High draft pick. He's not Mr. Junior year. He's not Mr. Starting as a freshman. He's, he's turns 33 in a week. There's no spring chicken. Now, listen, that means at normal 2021 quarterback lifespan means he has seven more, like he could play till he's 40. But maybe, I mean, you know, look, look, I, I just think you have to blow up that team. I, 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 I don't know what that what, means, but what, yeah, what is, uh, that's, well, you're, you're the Seahawks fan. So what does that mean? That means no, I'm no a Carol. That means no Carol. You're also a Pete Carroll fan. I'm a Pete Carroll fan. Yeah. I think he's a great coach. You, so w- when you blow it up, what does that entail? You get rid of Russell, you get rid of Pete, you get rid of both. I think they're a combo deal. And I like Pete, obviously, a lot. I think he's been a great NFL coach. Like, so here's here's the thing, and I'm gonna do it. You know, the the people who want to call me a Russell hater out there or whatever, you blow up it entirely. Okay, cool. Start fresh. Whatever. Pete Carroll has a history of being a good coach when the defense is dominant. He's a defensive minded coach. You don't, you can't keep Russ and trade Pete Carroll for a bunch of people, but you can keep Pete Carroll and trade Russ for a bunch of people. Do you go back to where you started when you had success with Russell Wilson, which was use him as capital stockpile, build a defense, not pay a quarterback, find a guy you can put on a rookie deal and give Pete Carroll the five-year plan to try again. Now, Pete Carroll's also old. He's like 70. Right. But I'm just playing. I'm just throwing it out there. It's like, you can't, yeah, you could wipe the slate clean. You could just, you know, etch a sketch it and shake it and start completely fresh. I don't hate it. I I will say, and this might surprise you. If I had to choose between one and the other, I get rid of Russ. Because he creates value. He creates. Exactly. He, he, he can be turned into something. What do you do with, what do you do with Russ and the same talent around him and a new coach and a new system? You start over at 34. Yeah, I mean, again, I think Carroll, obviously, he knows what he's doing. I mean, how many years has he done this now? This will be the first losing season that him and Ross have ever had together. I mean, I guess they could get Mike Leach and let Russ cook, which is probably what fucking, you know. Well, for the record, Russ does. Russ stands want. Russ does throw a lot. Actually, if you, if you look at the, I've looked into it. If you look at what the percentage of, times that Seattle throws on first or second down. It's higher than most NFL teams. Yeah. 
I know. Obviously, he was injured. He, he definitely still looks rusty. I'm not making excuses. He's missing a lot of throws. He missed a lot of throws yesterday. But you you cannot lose to Colt McCoy. You just can't. You can't lose to Colt McCoy at home. That that spread swung so much for people who I don't know anybody, you know, for any of the betters out there. Seattle went from being they were like two and a half to three point dogs to when it was revealed Kyler Murray wasn't playing again to Seattle was like two and a half to three point faves. I mean, that's that spread swung five to six points. That's the difference between Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray. You got to win that game. You're at home. It's inexcusable. So, you, you know, you got to do something because obviously San Francisco, I was worried about for a minute, but clearly they're figuring it out. And they got the run game going and they got the defense going. San Francisco is a team I would not want to play right now. Yeah. Some of these teams are really figuring it out. Debo Samuel just losing his mind. Who's yeah. now a running back and yeah. a wide receiver. Gotta love that name, Debo. Yeah. I mean, some teams are really starting to click right now. You look at the Indianapolis Colts. You referenced it earlier. I mean, at this point right now, if we look at the MVP conversation, you have to include Jonathan Taylor right Right. there. Right. Right there. I have no clue who I would vote for right now for MVP. 11 weeks into the season. Uh, I mean, you can't still be, no one can still be on the Josh Allen train, right? No one can be on the. Murray's missed three games. Murray train. No one can be on the Stafford train at the moment, right? Two bad games in a row. I mean, who who are you voting for? Aaron Rodgers. I'll say Aaron Rodgers. Tough not to vote for him. Tough not to vote for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Kirk Carson, Cousins. Carson Wentz completed. T- <laughs> Carson, do you know? Do you know how many passes Carson Wentz completed yesterday? No. Ten. Yeah. I mean, they, that's they, the that that's the thing with the Colts team, which is for a couple of years. I just hated their quarterback where they go just Jacoby Briscoli into Phillip rivers. And then I'm like, you got to replace the quarterback. You're ready to win now. Then they replace him with Carson Wentz and he's still fucking, I mean, it's watching Carson Wentz is like watching your infant getting strapped into a roller coaster without a parent next to him and being like, is that strap going to hold him? Is he going to fly out? Is he going to survive? If he does survive, does he come out with brain in, in, a, a traumatic brain injury? Like, what the fuck is going to happen? So it's like Carson Wentz, you, you just can't trust. Carson Wentz is one of those guys like, can you possibly tra- trust Carson Wentz to w- have four playoff games without a complete meltdown mixed in? It's tough. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's tough. I mean, who else? I mean, is Mahomes going to end up winning the fucking MVP? He could. Like, I mean, he's leading the league in yards. If, if he continues to, if he if he goes the last five six games without an interception, yeah. I mean, I don't know who else. I mean, they beat down the Bills in Buffalo. Beat them down. I mean, Buffalo. Wow. 
Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. The Patriots are playing so well right now. What's scary about the Patriots is they're old school. You watch these Patriots game. You watch that Thursday night game. They are old school. We are going to play smash mouth football. We're going to run it down your throat. We're not going to ask too much out of our quarterback. We're going to keep, we're going to keep them under center. And we're, we're going to run it down your throat. Then we're going to mix in some fucking play action. I said it last week. And remember when I said, it, I was like, are the Patriots suddenly Super Bowl contenders from the AFC? How can you not say that? Well, if their defense plays like that, yeah. How can you not say that? Right. I mean, they're certainly contenders to get there. Like in the the AFC, it's just such a it's just a, such a blend. Like from the top to the bottom of the playoff teams. I mean, right now, Buffalo is seven. Three weeks ago, we would we said no one can no one beats Buffalo. Buffalo is the class of the AFC. They're now the la- they're now the very last seed in. Yeah, so and, the, like, and the top seed, as we know, is playing terrible and doesn't have their star running back. Right. Ryan Tannehill. I know the weather was bad yesterday, but dude, four picks. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think if you're a Bills fan, oh my God. I I I just the Patriots dominated that division for so long. And now you got MVP candidate, Josh Allen. You make it to the AFC championship. You're thinking they're going to take time to rebuild. And here they are. Just winning and winning old school. Five wins in a row. I mean, you, you, you know, sometimes that feeling where you're watching porn and after you're done with what you're doing and the porn's still on, you're like, oh, what am I watching? That's yeah. got to be Buffalo Bills fans right now. Early in the season, they're just jacking off to this team. They love it. Yeah, They're jacking off. Then they're done. They're done, and they look down. They've jizzed all over a broken plastic table. They've got <laughs> wing sauce all over their fingers. <laughs> and they're not even in first place. They just uh, mu- You just must feel like... Oh, you just want to throw up on yourself. Yeah. Meanwhile, you all this, you're in your thing. Wing sauce everywhere. Broken tables. You're in second place. Cole Beasley's fucking got a having an unvaxxed parade outside the stadium while OJ's like, well, I still think, you know, uh, you get you tough chiefs are going to be tough to beat. You're like, OJ, why? No, stop talking. What's OJ doing, man? Like, what's he doing? Like, like, is he not using any of his Twitter fame to do anything? I think he just is OJ. I think he's just sitting in Florida or wherever he is. Puts out a couple videos every week. I'm OJ Mahomes. Okay, let's see what he said. Okay, he, he let's let's just let's grab a quick from two hours ago. Let's see what OJ had to say. Hey, Twitter world, is me, yours truly. Well, had a kind of interesting day in fantasy football yesterday. Started <laughs> off kind of tough with AJ Brown going down in the first half. You know, in fantasy, you always say if you're going to get hurt, why does you get hurt in the fourth quarter? 
in any event, wishing him the best. Hope he comes back uh, healthy next week. Uh, uh, I ran Tennessee's defense against Houston. They scored zero points. Couldn't believe that. But what disappointed me the most yesterday was Dak Prescott only got me four points. Nevertheless, I still won my fantasy, and I have Saquon to go tonight. Um, um, I kind of don't understand Dallas. They seem to want to uh, support the passing game with the run, and it seems like it should be the other way around. You do know teams that have uh, 100-yard rushers tend to win more games. Teams that throw the ball 40 or 50 times. All right, that's another OJ. Hey, I want to know who's in this league. Like, like, who are the people yeah. in OJ's fantasy football league? <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who are these people that are in OJ's fantasy the football The Menendez league? brothers. <laughs> what, what kind of fucking league is OJ Simpson in? It's definitely the Menendez brothers <laughs> and Robert Blake. Ray Lewis. Giselle Maxwell. Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean... <laughs> Like, who is this league that he's in? Because, you know, fantasy is not that many people, right? It's like eight to ten people. Yeah. Like, is it just like his lawyers? I'm assuming AC. Oh, yeah. Al Cowlings, yeah. Yeah. It's probably it's probably pretty star-studded. Probably oh, Al, yeah. Cal- Al Cowlings, uh, you know, Chris Jenner, Kyle Rittenhouse, <laughs> Machine Muhammad. <laughs> Oh man, like like what's the what's the what's the award? I want to know like you, you you know how much shit talking goes on in fantasy. Like like what well, are they welcome get- back to OJ's fantasy league? You know the rules. Every year the winner will get the uh the wishbone trophy. Uh that's uh that will be mailed to whoever wins the league. And of course, uh the loser uh will be murdered. Um <laughs> so so don't finish last, everybody. Ha <laughs> ha. Dude, I love the jovial nature of every video. It's yours truly, OJ Simpson. Terrible weekend for me. The uh, I, I start the Titans defense, and uh, they don't do anything. And uh, it would be a shame if I finish in last place and have to uh, double murder myself. <laughs> Signing off, yours truly. Hitting the links. Because he's he's doing nothing with it, right? It's like you have this platform, you have this following, and I love how Twitter won't verify him. I just love that. It's so funny to me. Like Even though we, he just constantly puts out videos of himself. Yeah. Like, come on, Twitter. You, like, you're going to not verify him now because he is a two-time murderer, allegedly. Right. <laughs> just give him the blue check mark. Like that's gotta make you feel good. You think about that. You have a blue check mark, and OJ Simpson doesn't. Yeah, that's kind of wild if you really think about it. Well, I've also killed two less people. True. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, OJ saying run the ball more. He, you know, OJ does have points here and there in between his CTE spouts. I also want to know who he's golfing with. Oh, I bet the Goldmans hate these videos. <laughs> like just, just him, just out there. 
every day. Talking about his fucking face. <laughs> the Menendez brothers. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Are they still alive? <laughs> or were they executed? I think they're still alive, right? Oh, I bet it's the best fantasy. Remember the, remember the Mark Jackson card with the Menendez brothers sitting courtside? <laughs> what? You don't know about this? I'm Googling this right now. There's a Mark Jackson, I think it's Skybox basketball card, where the Menendez brothers post, <laughs> post-murder, post it's like two days post-murder, are sitting courtside at Madison Square Garden. This, watching is, un- this is unbelievable. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, this is unbelievable. They're on his left. <laughs> One's got a Knicks hat on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jackson's passing a bounce pass. Oh, my God. Hand That's- down, parents down. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I got to get to this since Tyler put this together real quick. A lot of kicks were missed yesterday, right? Yeah. So he put together a little analytics on kicking by year and success. Um, so this year isn't isn't the worst. The worst year of kicking on field goals was 2019 at 81.6, 81.65%. Today, this year is a this year is more down than last year. Um but yesterday, listen to this. Do you remember as a kid, if a field goal was inside 50 yards, you were just like, it's 100% going in. I wouldn't say 100, but like. But like you felt like it was going in 100%. Yeah, I have now, zero. Inside 50, I remember, I remember, I remember just being like the Giants just lost the Super Bowl. Like the idea of a guy just like having a 43 yarder or whatever it is. Sure. Just missing it was like. It was like never going to happen. Now, the longer ones, guys have obviously gotten longer. But at the same time, you know, a little less accurate from in close guys. I'm sure there's more 50 yard, 50 plus yarders made in the last 10 years than the 10 years before that. But I feel like the accuracy on the other stuff has got to have gone significantly down. So listen to this yesterday. and, And I don't know. And he said so far. So, oh, yeah. So obviously there's a game tonight. 16 field goals were missed yesterday, Joe. Yeah. It's a lot of field goals, man. Yeah. Uh, seven extra points were missed yesterday. That's a lot. Now, obviously, extra points have also changed dramatically sure. in the last few years. But like you watch these games, man. Arizona's Arizona missed their kicker missed two field goals and an extra point. That's seven yeah. more points they should have on the board i would like to see the analytics on like a guy making a longish like call it 45 plus after he's already missed a kick of some sort like if i'm a coach of a team and my kickers already missed like an extra point i'm almost just straight up not kicking a 45 yarder a 45 yarder is you know you're on you're on what the 28 yard line yeah like I'm almost just not kicking that ball. Well, the, and then it goes the other way, right? You look at what the Ravens have as far as 
you know, with them knowing they have a great kicker, the Bengals drafted a kicker. He hit three fifty yarders yesterday, three in one game. Like that's the difference in that game right there. Basically there's some garbage points at the end interceptions. My point saying like, that's a difference right there in that game. Those three 50 yarders. I'm willing to say this and, and we've discussed it. I think it's undervalued. Maybe there's just not enough good kickers out there. Obviously. I mean, you look at it in college too. It's like in the NFL, there's 30 something teams in college. There's like what, but like in college guys, just fucking straight up can't kick. You got guys. You're like, how did you make the team as a kick? Did you, did you lie and say you were a kicker? <laughs> like, is this the USC fucking admission scandal? Did you just have fucking Matthew Modine say that you were actually a kicker and you got on the Miami football team? Like, how has this happened? So, yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a lack of talent that's out there. But what's amazing is you would think, especially with the, the way sports is so specialized these days, like, why isn't there just like a fucking Spanish NFL kicking camp, you know, an academy? Yeah. Why isn't there where an academy? Like, where it's just like all these like soccer flameouts. That's what uh, what was the fake football? Team you remember, you remember the Manning passing ca- academy? Yeah. Why don't, why don't we have the Grammatica kicking academy? Like, why yeah. doesn't that exist? What was the fake football team that we had this year? The high school team. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. How am I forgetting their name? name? Bishop. Bishop Sycamore. That, that's a pivot for you, Bishop Sycamore founders. You pivot, just say, we're going to create the best soccer, or I'm sorry, kicking academy high school. Because I feel like with kicking, and I bet somebody like a McAfee would destroy me for saying this, but I feel like, if you're because these guys are athletes, don't get me wrong. But if you're an athlete, I think I feel like this is a fine-tuned thing where enough practice and enough good coaching, you can get good at it, right? I almost think that that's the problem with kickers these days. Is like you look at McAfee, obviously an athlete, like was fucking drilling people, like started as a fucking you know kicker, became a punter, like. I almost feel like maybe they're just trying too hard to make guys who are on the football team. And then, so you take the guy who's on the football team and he's the kicker and then he's not good enough to play in college, but he is a pretty good kicker. So now you're like, Oh, go to college as a kicker. I I, I almost think it's like, get a, like go for the fucking soccer dork and just be like, dog, just start kicking day one. Like be a kicker from the get go. Yeah. Because it, it almost feels so specialized. It almost feels like it should be. I mean, honestly, it, it almost shouldn't exist in the NFL. It almost shouldn't. It's like, why are these games being determined by a guy who doesn't really play the sport at all? <laughs> yeah. And yet, like, and yet Super Bowls are like being rested on their shoulders. It's like, you know. 50 guys kill each other for a while. And then they wake up Adam Venetieri who's on the sideline doing Sudoku. And they're like, Hey, you want to determine who wins this game? He's like, yeah, I got nothing else to do. Fuck it. it, it you know, with the, how you're putting it, it really makes out great. It really is that great. Think about it. It's, that is nuts. If you really think about it, you're right. These guys are in the middle of a gladiator 
death match for three and a half hours. And the kicker's been like, hey, what are you up to? He's like, I don't know, you know, just selling some of my knittings on Pinterest. Uh, You want to decide who wins the Super Bowl? Oh, is that happening right now? Are we winning or are we losing? We're losing. So if I hit it, we win. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Sounds fun. Ooh, it's exciting. You guys going to carry me off on your shoulders if you do, you big, you big, lunky looking handsome guys. Why is this kicker suddenly kind of gay? <laughs> you suddenly made him like, he's like, ooh, boys are going to be grabbing my buttocks. I love it. Yeah, they really, that is nuts, though, if you think about it. I mean, I mean, how many games did Vinatieri decide? At least a few of them, the first Super Bowl. Yeah. That they won. And obviously, those are not easy kicks. Those are hard kicks, and there's a pressure field kick. It's almost like it shouldn't exist. Kind of. Yeah. It's almost out of place. I'm sure I understand that, you know, the birth of the game, it's a different story, you know. It almost has no place in modern football. Sure. And what would happen? We just get we get rid of field goals and extra points. I don't know. It's just only touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I mean just, just like just think about if this happened in any other sport. You know what I mean? Like in any other sport, it's like the game comes down to the end. Some guys you know, make you have, a half court shot. You have the, you have the fuck, forget that. It's not, it's not even the same thing. You know what I mean? In basketball, they're at least shooting the basketball and then they have a guy coming. Like, can you imagine at the end of at the end of that Cavs warrior series? They're like, we're about to go to overtime unless Andy Ruther can make a bullseye with this dart. And it's like, what, why is there a dartboard <laughs> on the court? What does this have to do with anything? The, 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 when you play the entire game of football, the field goal fucking goals don't even come into play. At all. Yeah. They're just like, okay, we were, we were going to go to overtime, but bring the trampolines out. It's now going to be the gorilla versus the, the, the wolf in a dunk off to settle the NBA championship. Why in the hell would that settle it? Yeah. It would be just as crazy. Wouldn't it? If the NBA, if the NBA finals was determined on a, Phoenix Suns gorilla versus the, you know, Milwaukee Bucks, the buck. deer or whatever yeah. in a tramp dunk off. It would be exactly the same thing. It wouldn't even be a dunk off. They would just be like, all right, here it's, it's over. If the gorilla can do a flip dunk, if he misses you guys win, if he makes it, we win. Yeah. <laughs> the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, it really is crazy if you really break it down. I don't think we think about it. And the Knicks and Pacers are going overtime. Who's going to win? It depends which Menendez brother wins in an arm wrestling match. (laughs) Eric, are you ready? It's pretty nuts, man. Did you see? You had to have seen. You saw the whole LeBron fight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With Isaiah Stewart? Of course, Isaiah Stewart. I mean, you got to love his his fight. At one point, 
he escapes into the tunnels looking for more violence, like a ninja turtle. Like where are you? <laughs> he thought he was going to Pac-Man and go into the tunnel and come somehow come out of the tunnel on the other side. I loved it, man. He went for the he went for the Pac-Man tunnel tunnel move. And, and, and by the way, Le, LeBron, that was a wicked elbow. Like LeBron can act like he didn't mean it. Come on, dude. I, I watched it a bunch. Like, well, first of all, he like it seems like he swings his elbow through and then it's his hand that punches him in the face. Right. My I guess my issue, first of all, be as mad as you want. OK, I've, I have a, I have a couple of issues with this whole incident. Um, my first issue is. He immediately like says sorry, as opposed to like when we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, where, uh, you know whoever got Jokic, I forget who. Oh, fucking the Morris brother. Gets him, pretends he didn't do it, or the Draymond Green of like I'll kick somebody in the dick and act like nothing happened. It's like LeBron gets you, immediately kind of apologize. I don't know if he said sorry, but it's obviously, you know apologetic in his gesture. I didn't mean to punch you in the face, but then the guy gets in his face. It's like, dude, you're going to try to get through 25 guys holding you and eventually escape into the tunnel. Like you're fucking in the fugitive. Why don't you just punch LeBron? You're in his face for a minute. I hate the NBA thing of. I want trouble once somebody's holding me back. Jokic fucking body checked a dude. It's like, you want LeBron? Tackle LeBron. Yeah. You waited for Russ to come in. You waited for all these guys to come in. And now you're like, no, I fucking want him so bad. Why didn't you just deck him? Because they want they want the drama. Because they don't they don't really want to do that. But That's then why. it's like, then, then stop the insanity. You got held back because obviously in some way you wanted to be held back or else you would have just fucked them up. Sure. But then you're going to refuse to be held back and make it seem like you're get the fuck off of me. There's, yeah. My, my issue with this is many fold, but first of all, the hot take that LeBron like did this on purpose is so stupid. Or like that this is some sort of character assault on LeBron is so dumb. That being said, I'm also like, fight him, dude. I, yeah. This is exactly what I said about Jokic. Dude, if you feel LeBron punched you in the face, then fight him, dude. Fight him right now. Shove him in the back. Hit him with a chair. Fight him. I'm cool with that, by the way. I'm not defending LeBron to the point where I'm like, he doesn't deserve to get decked back, hit him. But don't do this thing where you like posture and posture until 10 guys are between you. And then you're like, I would do anything to kill him. Well, should have gone Jokic and killed him when you had the opportunity. Because then it just seems fraudulent. Yeah. I mean, where am I wrong? Am I wrong in any of this? Well, I mean, personally, I just I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Oh, it was, it was amazing. I think the Lakers suck, man. And it was I, happening in Detroit. Yeah, I I don't think the Lakers. I just don't see them turn. I know it's eighteen games in. I just I don't know. I just I don't like this team at all. I just don't. 
Well, like I said, and, and, and LeBron, let's be honest, man, it, it's, it's finally happening. You knew it was going to happen. Father's time. Yeah. With the injuries and. Well, we knew it was going to happen. Father time. And also obviously the, in just the miles. I'd be shocked it's if he all about miles. I'd be shocked if he won another title. Like where he's got to be that central of a piece. No, no. right? Because it's just he, he's le- he's lagged too many years. It's 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 just I don't know. I I I think I think Anthony Davis. I'm not going to use the word disappointing. I just think he's not. I don't think he's playing to his potential since he joined the Lakers. That's just my take. He's had moments of it. He's had moments. He's had stretches. I just don't think he's consistently played how they need him to play. I hate to go full Shaquille O'Neal, but you you kind of can't, if you're Anthony Davis, you kind of can't ride the the fence between being like, Oh, I'm going to fit in and be this guy who, you know, is big and stretches the floor and whatever. And like, you know, quietly going to want the finals MVP, like when we win it and whatever, and just being like, Hey, I want to put my back to the basket and fucking dominates people. And by the way, you don't have to put your back to the basket all the time on the block, but like just being like, I'm going to get the ball on the block or the high block or the elbow or whatever and just dominate guys uh you know it's a, it's a very shaquille o'neal like how you're not just gonna how you're not just gonna score 45 and 15 every night and call yourself all nba when i was in full superman mode there's just no stop me just give me the ball i'm gonna eat chris dudley for lunch and i'm gonna shit out little pieces of him and i get it it's a little bit antiquated and it's a little bit ridiculous because there is no Chris Dudley in the fucking NBA now. But at the same time, it's like that was kind of the point of this pairing, right? You get the last of, of good LeBron and you guys can win a championship. He transitions into the latter years. You transition into the star. Listen, I hate to say it, but every team with Mel is going to fucking suck. First of all, and the rust thing, it just hasn't even been what I thought it could be in terms of, well, rust can just dominate random Wednesdays in Detroit. And it doesn't make them better in the playoffs, but it makes them a five seed or it makes them a four seed. Instead. Now they're the what eight seed, the seven seed, which means they have to play in a play in game. Yeah. Well, we have some good calls. I'd like to finish the show with that. We some follow-up calls from uh, the last few episodes, which I like. 310-359-8365, the hotline. Now, last episode, I uh, I shared a story about a very unclean gentleman at the gym, as we recall. Right, right. And I wanted your opinion on that. And I wanted the dirt unclean makes it sound like he was wiping shit everywhere. He was a, he was, he was certainly not a tidy gentleman. No, he's a, he's a slob. Let's call it what it is. It's slob, slobby old man. Who's 
you know, leaving his crap everywhere. And I got into it with him. If you missed last episode, I don't even want to say got into it. I called him out on his mess in the gym is what I did. And we went back and forth, which ended with me calling him fucking disgusting to his face. Right. All right. So here's, here's a few follow-ups to that. This is what the dirtballs have to say. running slow today what's up guys matt from st louis og dirtball just listening to ruther's little gym today. fucking hilarious classic ruther but i totally agree um and just quickly at least in my gym they have the automatic dryer thing that you press down and and then bags where you can put your damp clothes i always just put my dirty clothes in that which would really solve the whole issue for putting dirty clothes in your in your clean bag, which I agree is, is nasty. So just thought I'd weigh in. Love the story. Can't wait for the follow-up. Uh, stay dirty. I'm glad you left that call, Matt, because my gym does have that. I, and I f- totally forgot to mention you that. the little spinning dryer thing. It's It doesn't have the spinning dryer thing. It has, it has multiple air dryers for that. They're like more air dryers. But it does have a giant thing to put your uh, plastic bags to put your dirty That's clothes. Awesome which is what I'll do, right? If, if, if I, if I run on a treadmill and that's all sweaty and then I'm going to use the shower, I take the plastic bag solution right there. It's not getting everywhere gross, but he didn't do that. So F that guy. All right. Here's another call on the, uh, the gym beef. Come on. Hey, boys, this is Nathan, number one Wisconsin dirt. Paul? What's going on today? Sorry, let me try. I wanted to call in about Ruther's beef with this guy. Oh, man, it's just stopping. Let me just hit refresh. It's a, it's a Skype issue. Can we? In the meantime, we, we should we should have an up. You know, Peng Shui put out a video, right, Andy? Yeah, I didn't watch it. But the uh, the WTA still the, the Women's Tennis like, Association. Yeah, they're still like this. We don't necessarily take this video to mean that she's safe and sound. But apparently, she put out a video and made an appearance, so she is alive. Let's start there. That's Where good. is Peng Shui is the big hashtag. Well, for, for starters, alive. So that's something. That's just our Peng Shui update. That's good. You know, I titled last episode, Mysterious Case of Peng Shui, thinking yeah. this thing's going to get removed. It wasn't removed. That's a fascinating story. I did see that the Women's Tennis Association is questioning. I saw that it might even threaten to pull tournaments from China. I'll believe that when I see it. Right. Because of the money factor. All right. Let's see if we can try this again. Ennis Cantor is like, you better fucking pull tournaments. Dude, I don't know what's going on. All right. Here we go. Hey, boys. This is Nathan, number one Wisconsin dirt ball. I wanted to call in about Ruther's beef with this guy at the gym. Uh, and he's an old, you know, cranky white guy. And, and he's selfish and not thinking about other people. 
He's probably he probably votes Republican. Just saying. Just Ooh. food for thought. Ooh. All right, say dirty boys. Look, man, I I don't want to get a political because I I don't know who he votes for. Ruther's like, I don't want to get a political because I also vote Republican. So it's you know I definitely don't want to call him out on that. I don't, I don't I don't vote for anybody. I don't vote for anybody. Uh you're probably right, but I would argue there's just as many old white selfish people that are Democrats. So. I'm going to go. I'm going to cut right through that and say, fuck them both. By the way, I got a great, I got a, speaking of that, I got a great yard sign idea, which I'm not going to reveal yet. I think, I think you'll find that if you go into the non binary locker room at your (laughs) tennis club, that you'll find that it is much cleaner. You could be right. Speaking of that, I might for the next half marathon or marathon, you know, they do placement by age and gender. And I didn't realize this year, the, uh, the flying pig, which is the Cincinnati marathon, you could register male, female, or non-binary. Had I registered as non-binary, my placement, I might've won for my age range. Wow. So, uh, fastest non-binary in your age range. I didn't look, but I think I would have been pretty high up there. Yeah. Because I don't think there's many non-binaries registering. So I'm just saying. In Cincinnati. Yeah. I might have to test that out in the future on a race. Can you imagine the, the non-binaries? I'm not sure what gender I am, but I know I love chili. So I'm staying in Cincinnati. Well, I'm glad you said that, Joe, because that is our next call. You have, you really pushed the button. Of uh, Dirtball Stolze, Cincinnati Dirtball. Uh-oh. Oh, dude. Dude, he's coming in hot for what you're saying about chili. Oh, God. Chili macaroni. wars. Chi- here, uh, you know what? He got two calls. I'm going to play them both. This, is all, this all goes back to what you said about chili last episode in Cincinnati, and he's all I don't even know up. what I said. Well, you'll remember now. He'll, okay. If we get the calls to play. What's up, Ruther and Prano? It's Stolzy from Cincinnati. Um, I'm listening to the newest episode, Thursday's episode, and I think I'm like a minute and a half in, and Prano's already got me fired up. So, Ruther, I know you're going to going to bat for this, but the fucking macaroni thing, I don't care if you're Italian. I don't care. If, I, I just, I don't care. You need to actually name the correct ingredients. Otherwise, you're just, spreading false information. You're like Aaron Rodgers at this point, just saying, yeah, it's macaroni. I'm so fucking, I'm so rattled by the skyline comment, man. I don't even know what else to say. So fucked up. Stay dirty. And then he falls it off. Hold on. Before, let me, let me, let me, let me do the macaroni thing. Let me get the, here's, here's the thing. As an Italian, my brain cannot process it. I've eaten it. I've eaten it. My brain cannot process that you guys take your chili and you dump it on top of spaghetti. And in my brain, it's still just hamburger helper to me. It's still just macaroni that you guys dumped beef into. It's just like, I know it's not, but in my brain, I'm like, there's two major Cincinnati chains that essentially are in the hamburger helper business. I, as an Italian, I cannot process 
that people make spaghetti, probably the most famous of all of the pastas, and dump their chili on it. I can't process it. I know it happens. But my brain, the connect between my brain and my mouth, every time I see it, I just see hamburger helper. Okay, now give me a second one. Well, I think his second one is about the Italian thing, actually. So this will work out. Come on, play. Remember the hamburger helper glove? I got something else, too. Ruth, I'm glad you brought up the fact that it was Greek. It was like, it's all... uh, from that area, the Mediterranean area. So, with that being said, why does it matter where it came from? I don't, I don't get why just because it's Greek it means that there can't be spaghetti. It doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't understand how just because you're Italian you can't like it because it's. Oh man! By the way, I'm not saying it can't exist. Chili on top of spaghetti. Come on, man. We got to be a little bit more open-minded than that. I mean, think of all the crazy-ass food combinations that people eat. That Prano probably eats, that you probably eat, Ruther, especially when you're fucking high. I mean, let's be real. You just start throwing shit together at midnight when you're like, dude, I need to eat something when you're stoned. But you draw the line at spaghetti and chili just because you're Italian? I don't know, man. Seems kind of closed-minded to me, personally. But anyway, that's my follow-up. Greek food is fucking incredible. Cincinnati has all kinds of Greek restaurants. And as a matter of fact, Parcel Chili is a Greek guy as well. So uh, they know what they're doing. You're just closed-minded, Prano. I'm sorry. Stay dirty, boys. That, that's another hot spot. That's on his side of town, the First west side. First of all, side. I've eaten it. I'm not closed-minded. We went to Skyline when I was there. We went into it. We ate in a Skyline. We did. Cutter I'm not closed-minded. Us. I ate it. And the, once again, the, the, the thing is, is like, yeah, maybe Greeks don't have a problem shitting on Italian culture. They're like, yeah, they have fucking pasta and they have chili. Let's smash them together. It's like, listen, as an Italian man, I'm not going to fucking show up to the fucking Parthenon and, you know, fucking take a shit. Like, don't just because you're also in the Mediterranean doesn't mean you can pull from our culture and then pollute it with some random Midwest canned chili culture. What do you guys like to put it on top of fucking, you know, uh, wrap it in a fucking gyro or something like that. Like shave your fucking chili off a spit, like do some wrap it in grape leaves. Why you gotta, why do you gotta get our people involved in your nonsense? It, it you know, it's, it's so funny to me because it's such a, you know, we saw it with your Mets. It's it's such a who said it on the Mets this year? Well, it was, it, it was uh, Darling and, and Keith uh, Hernandez. Yeah, I don't think it was Cohen that was like shitting. Yeah, on, I think. Yeah, it was Cohen. It's just so funny because, uh, you know, everybody likes to destroy the Cincinnati chili thing. And, and like my thing is like, whatever, like I'll eat it. It's 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 fine. It, it, he's right. If I'm stoned, sure, it's great. But then also it's it, let's be honest. There's so many and I pun intended layers to this because first you take our pasta, then you dump your chili on. Then you're just like, how about fresh diced onions? Like just like, let's just sprinkle fucking uncooked. The, the, the cheese goes next. Okay. Sorry. First, let's take shredded 
like fucking bag Wisconsin, cheese. Wisconsin cheese. Yeah. Shredded Wisconsin bag cheese. <laughs> We're just okay. Now, okay. So now on top of the on top of the cold cheese, what do you want? Just like fresh <laughs> onions. I never do onions personally. I, I mean, listen, onions in chili is totally a thing. I make chili. It's the first thing I put in is onions and cook them all down. It's the chili. It's the onions and the beef is first. See, I stick with the traditional three way, which is just the spaghetti, the chili and the cheese. The four way onions. Now, if you add the beans on top of that, now you're in the why aren't, they, why aren't these beans and these onions in the chili? What is in this chili? Just beef and tomatoes. So you're not, basically it's making it's deconstructed not, pasta bolognese it, throwing. It's, it's not really tomatoes. It's and not then, really tomatoes. What the fuck is in there? You know, for someone who worked there, I don't even know. I used to make it. Some Greek guys like, let's take pasta bolognese and fuck it up with fresh Wisconsin cheddar. I'll say this, though. You know, a lot of Midwest towns, the stuff they're known for isn't exactly like good, healthy, like St. Louis, the slinger. I mean, I would say St. Louis, like, uh, uh, what is it? The baked to- ravi- fried to- raviolis, toasted ravioli, toasted raviolis, which is pretty good. But, but I'm saying like, when I first got to St. Louis, it was like, oh, that was like their version of a Cincinnati three-way was the slinger. And that was the late, just like a lot of skylines or whatever, or gold star, the late night spot you go, you eat. It's not the healthiest. It's a lot of cheese. But like Cincinnatians, as you can see, are because because it's not just those two spots. We're very sensitive because there's a lot of chili spots around here. Right. And they take it seriously. And again, my thing as an Italian is like when I was being when when the Italians were getting their face spit in by like a glove when it was a hamburger helper, you know, and he's just, I was like, OK, that guy seems ridiculous. I don't trust him to not fucking some random Greek guy. The neighbor is like. Let's let's fuck this up. Now you haven't had a gold star. No, I haven't. It's soupier or it's thicker. It's thicker. I'm 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 and people hate me when I say this, and people get angry actually. I am partial to gold star. I like the thicker chili. And gold star has really good shakes too. Hey, man, Cincinnatians are crazy about their chili. Clearly. Stolzy's like really upset about it. It's upset he's ever been. I know. Calling on the show for four or five years. I feel like he's one of those guys. He probably eats it four times a week, and he's just like, how dare you? You know what it is? It's a spot. It's it's like we had a preseason tournament for the fourth grade basketball team that we coached, my buddy and I. And after the game on Friday, we were both hungry and his parents were there. Right. And his whole family was there. And he was like, Hey man, I was like, want to grab some food afterwards. And he's like, yeah, this is, he's like, it's a central location. Let's just go to that, that skyline by, uh, by our house. And I, and, and my stomach, the truth, I was not feeling good at all. I thought I might shit myself during the game. And I was like, dude, I can't do skyline tonight. Like, 
I'm already having issues and I couldn't go, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what it is. That's the type of spot it is where it's not going to be too expensive and you're just going to sit down. I would like to see the, the, if there's a correlation between the obesity in Cincinnati and the number of these type of restaurants. I just want to know, like, you know, what, what, what would Greeks do if we did, if, if we, if we Americanized, if we were like, Hey, I make moussaka, but I make it with McDonald's cheeseburgers. They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh yeah. It's my mom's moussaka recipe. But then we put a double, double on top of it. So there's some, uh, there's actually, uh, so the founder of Skyline is Nicholas Lambernides. 1949. So, so there's actually, uh, I'd love if somebody at the Christmas dinner at the Lamberditi's house or whatever, fucking brought out Moussaka and it just had chicken nuggets sprinkled on top of it, how he would react. He'd probably be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, oh, sorry. This is exactly what you did to Italian people's food. There's some in Florida too, by the way. Which makes sense. Florida, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Those are the calls. 310-359-8365. Give us a ring. Hop on into the chili discussion. Hop on into the gym discussion. Shout out to, I forget your name. Sorry, the dirtball. I got a $5 Venmo donation to help clean up that guy's mess in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the dirt balls make me laugh. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports. Drop a podcast review on Apple. Leave that Twitter, Instagram handle, and I will get koozies to you in the mail. Joe Prano at Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter. I'm at fix your life. Uh, fun announcement. I was uh, accepted to San Francisco sketch fest, the 20th anniversary of a really great comedy festival in San Francisco. So for the Bay area dirt balls, many of you have come out to shows, uh, I am on two shows there. I believe it's the week end of January 20, 21st and 22nd, I think are the dates of my shows. I'll be putting all that out soon, but, uh, looks like I'll be in Colorado, possibly in April. So just go to joeprano.com. Uh, we're going to try to stockpile some shows for the spring. Uh, if you want me to come to your town, you know, DM, DM me, maybe we can, maybe you can help me make that happen. Um, but otherwise just follow me on all the social medias and keep drinking your Miller lights and go giants. Yeah. Make sure you stock up on some chili, chili and beer. That'll make your system go real well. Good luck hitting the treadmill after that. See, we've come full circle, Joe. It comes back to health. Yeah. And if you want to know how I feel, uh, on Thursday, when your family pulls out their beautifully cooked Turkey, Dump some chili on top of it and see how your family reacts. Savage. Dump some soupy chili and fresh onions directly on top of your turkey and see then if I'm just a fucking weirdo asshole. Savage. All right, guys. I think we should have the hashtag dirty sports chili challenge (laughs) where people... Where people just, this is for Stolzy. I just want dirt balls to start taking cans of Skyline chili and dumping it on top of 
already prepared meals and filming the reaction of their friends to prove that I am not an asshole. Every single one of your friends. What do you mean you dump chili into the stuffing? Why would you do that? It's Thanksgiving. (laughs) I agree. That's funny. He's like, what? You're not stoned enough for fucking (laughs) chili stuffing? Why wouldn't there be chili in cranberry sauce? Oh, it's so gross. We will record next episode on Wednesday because of the holiday. So if you guys uh, are worried about our picks for Thursday, we're going to get those in Wednesday afternoon, evening-ish. So we'll have the show all ready to go before Thanksgiving. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks for sticking around. See you in a couple days. And as always, stay dirty.